This is a 980 CKNW podcast. 6.45 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And we have two films to talk about if people are heading to the theaters and want to check them out. Yeah, there were more new ones than that, but these are the highlights, and I'm going to talk about both of them. And we'll start with 12 Strong. And Jill, this is just an outstanding film. It's based accurately on actual events. And is, despite being a Jerry Bruckheimer film, Bruckheimer's the guy behind such action movies as Transformers, uh, despite his uh, presence, it's an unerringly factual movie. It tells the story of the deployment of a team of 12 Special Forces Green Berets immediately after the events of 9-11. This is a team that was involved in a covert operation against the Taliban in Afghanistan, the details of which have just recently become declassified. Chris Hemsworth is Captain Mitch Nelson, who leads the group into unknown territory to meet with a tribal warlord in the northern part of the country, General Dostum. <clears throat> He's played by Iranian-born Navid Negaman, and somehow they interface with the general and his followers to tactically attempt to make a major move against a Taliban leader. Supplied with horses by their new allies of the moment, the soldiers fought against overwhelming odds in territory that was not far removed from the Stone Age. The general explains in one key scene just why the enemy is so willing to die on the battlefield and why they have no fear of death. Uh, What he tells the Americans is, you come from a country, he says, uh, where this life is preferred to the next, because this life is so rich, while our people believe that the next life is far better than this life, so they're happy to leave it. The action scenes, which are just relentless, demonstrate the challenges of the American elite force. And um, this is uh, interesting because I had the pleasure of watching the movie with a friend who's a former Green Beret, a holder of three Purple Crosses, a Bronze Star, and a Medal of Merit for his years in Vietnam and other Southeast Asian war zones. And he explained that when a cataclysmic event such as 9-11 occurs, special forces now and before are approached and asked to step up. He was one of those asked to step up, but because of his age, they wouldn't send him into action, and he chose not to work a desk job. But he found this film a perfect enactment of what really happened in this theater of conflict. And along with my recommendation, he sees it as perhaps the best depiction of desert battle ever released on film. It is an excellent movie with no sugar coating. Uh, Michael Shannon and Michael Pena also star. The ratings 14A, that's 12 strong, and boy, if you like a good, strong action movie based totally on fact. This is the one, Joe. Wow. And you can't beat uh, a recommendation. Somebody who knows it better than anybody who says it's uh, a good depiction and worth seeing for sure. Yes, sir. Because you know what? A lot of times uh, the things that they do in movies for Hollywoodizing them uh, change things dramatically for dramatic device. None of that here, he tells me. He said, those guns are the guns they use. The sounds that you hear are the sounds that you hear. And uh, what happened is what happened. So uh, take it as gospel. This is a movie that uh, really will, um, it'll really make you understand what these guys were up against. All right, that is uh, 12 Strong. Uh, You're also taking a look at Den of Thieves. Yes, I love a good heist movie. I really do. And this one, which stars Gerard Butler as an L.A. County sheriff, starts off as though it will be a very good one. Then it takes a couple of detours that makes it look at, like it might not be such a good one. And finally, well into its two-hour and 20-minute running time, it turns back into a good heist movie. 
Now, Butler is Nick Flanagan. He leads an elite team of SWAT-type tough guys who may be worse than many of the bad guys they seek. Uh, they're profane, they're unpredictable, and they're damaged, and we get all of that in just a few minutes. But the film digresses into his domestic situation just to show us how bad he is, and that makes the film at least 20 minutes too long. Uh, he and his team are seeking a, a bank robbery gang who seem unstoppable. We learn in the opening credits that uh, Los Angeles is the bank robbery capital of the world with three bank jobs every hour going on somewhere in the region. The heart of the criminal gang is named Merriman that wants to do this big heist. He and most of his team are ex-military, and he's played by Pablo Schreiber, who was half-brother to actor Lee Schreiber and who was born and raised in the small Kootenai town of Weimar, B.C., O'Shea Jackson Jr., whose father is rapper Ice Cube, is sometime a sometime bartender who's recruited by the gang to be its driver. And the whole point of this story is that the gang is going to rob the only place that's never been robbed, the U.S. Federal Reserve in Los Angeles, where old money goes to be destroyed. Anybody who gets his or her hands on that money from the Fed is home free because it's untraceable. The twists and turns are sometimes difficult to follow, but we stick with the program as the heist is set up, and using a dramatic device where we, the audience, don't see a number of key ploys until after all is said and done, gives us flashbacks after the fact with everyone going, aha, that's how they did that. Eric Braden, who's played Victor Newman on the daytime soap opera The Young and the Restless for 38 years, has a small part showing up in just two scenes. Turns out he is the father of the movie's writer and director, Christopher Gutierrez, the same director that headed up another Gerard Butler film, London Has Fallen. And the producer? Well, Gerard Butler produces this one, so we know whom to blame for the excessive length. But at the end of it all, good movie, rated 18A for violence and language, but I did like Den of Thieves a great deal, Jill. All right. Uh, let's switch over to the streaming devices. And we start off on Netflix and a movie that wasn't so popular when it first came out in 2015. You're right. It's called Mordecai. It was one of the biggest flops financially of 2015. It lost more than $20 million. But still, I found this Johnny Depp vehicle charming and somewhat funny. Depp is a sometime art dealer and sometimes MI5 spy and is a fair shot with most weapons, he tells us. He co-stars here with Paul Bettany in a story of foreign intrigue with an air of British humor. Depp is the title character, and he plays it out much like uh, the late British actor Terry Thomas would have done, right down to the little mustache and the gap-tooth grin. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow also stars. The rating is 14A. That's called Mordecai. And also on Netflix, Joe, from 2016 is a movie called The Journey. And with movies focused on the politics of the past, this film had very little distribution outside the U.K. It's suddenly more fashionable. Uh, it takes place in the year 2006. The Northern Ireland peace talks are on the table, and Sinn Féin leader Martin McGuinness, played by Colm Meany, and Ian Paisley, played by Timothy Spall, are forced to share a car together during an eventful ride between two near enemies. Watch for a very interesting turn by Freddie Highmore from The Good Doctor in this one. The rating is 14A, and Jill, that is called The Journey. The Journey. Uh, let's journey over to Crave TV. Yeah, Crave TV journeys over to England, uh, Harry Styles live in Manchester. 
uh, from a hit turn with One Direction, Harry Styles' debut solo album dropped at number one, and here before a live studio audience, he and his band offer tracks from their new album, some covers of older material, and also some insight as to what makes this young man so successful. Uh, for those who uh, like Harry Styles, and there are lots of them, uh, this one is on Crave TV. It's worth a look, Joe. All right, that one's on Crave. And if you're looking for television tonight and you haven't already had too much of the actors, we get to see the actors congratulate the other actors. That's right. It's the 24th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. Uh, awards season, of course, continues with the actors themselves voting for their peers. Best bets for big awards tonight are Sarshi Ronan for Ladybug, uh, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, and Timothy Calumet for Call Me By My Name. And, of course, Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour. Uh, Morgan Freeman gets the Lifetime Achievement Award, and this is all tonight on Global Television, Joe. Yes, more awards as we get into the, the big the big awards show just around the corner. Yes, the Oscars are just a little while away, but you're right. The, what television needs is more award show, <laughs> and shows and maybe more reality shows, too. Uh, but um, uh, expect some uh, you know, hashtag MeToo activity in this one as well, Jill. We will watch and see uh, how things unfold. Rick, thank you so much. We'll chat with you again next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Joe. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.